0: This is Ion Health, delving into your overall well being. With Arab Health on Dubai I 103.8.
1: Great to have you with us on Ion Health, brought to you by Arab Health here on Dubai I 103.8. I'm Helen Farmer, and this week we're discussing the transformation of COVID 19 testing and management here in the UAE. My first guest is Dr. Basil Al-Traboussi, who's the Chair of Anatomic Pathology at Cleveland Clinic in Abu Dhabi. Fantastic to have you with us for this episode of Ion Health with Arab Health, brought to you by Dubai I 103.8. With me, Helen Farmer, joining us today as we discuss the transformation of COVID 19 testing and management here in the UAE and maybe beyond as well. Delighted to be joined um, by the Chair of Anatomic Pathology at Cleveland Clinic in our nation's capital, Dr. Basil al He He's the current Chief Medical Officer for the National Reference Laboratory. So who better to speak to about the current state of affairs and what we've been through as a country and the healthcare industry, of course, over the last couple of years. Doctor, you've got 20 years of experience in the field. Um, you're also course Director of Pathology at the College of Medicine and Health Sciences, Khalifa University. In your 20 years... Did you ever see something like COVID-19 coming?
0: Um, thank you, Helen, for the kind introduction. Um, to be honest with you, no, this is a first timer for me and um, I would believe this is a first time for a whole lot of people in the um, in the medical field as well. Um, you know, we we always continue to say that we learn on a daily basis, we learn new things, we face new challenges. But this was a very unique challenge, um, you know, we, um, we you know, I'm glad to say we went through it and it made us stronger um, as um, a, a laboratory industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I hope, you know, people can see that we really delivered from um, a laboratory perspective. Um, things have changed d- drastically, you know, since we started with COVID, there's a lot of advancement. Um, we will continue to advance as well and um, COVID is staying, unfortunately, with us for a while. Um, so, you know, again, you know, hopefully we'll learn more and, and hopefully we, we we go through this um, as a nation um, and, and globally as well um, and get out of this stronger.
1: Well, I just want to say a huge thank you for all the work that's been happening behind the scenes that we as patients and members of the community probably aren't aware, as you say, you guys are learning on the job every single day, and I'm sure that learning was somewhat accelerated as a result of uh, new strains emerging. You know, new data from around the world, research coming back, and it's very much a learning on the job, responding on the job, and having to adapt so quickly. And I think, I think there are some countries that will look back at this time and perhaps have questions. But I think the UA is an awful lot to be proud of in terms of how we coped with COVID-19, how we dealt with the wider population some of the technologies we're able to put in place unbelievably fast um, can you take us back to those kind of early days as well and what testing looked like initially
0: absolutely you know it's um, it's it's a, a fascinating journey to be honest with you um, when we first started uh, back in 2020 as you said you know everyone had to learn and everyone had to learn fast as well um you know maybe from a basic perspective you know there there are a number of tests for COVID 19 and you know even in you know to diagnose viruses in general you know there, there are things we call viral tests and um you know that includes nat testing or commonly known pcr um their antigen tests, and you know when when you have a new virus you have to develop a lot of these tests and a lot of them are molecular tests They require a certain degree of expertise, um, infrastructure, Um, and not only that, you have to develop the test result Mm -hmm. fast. That's the most important thing, especially with COVID-19. And and when we started back in 2020, um, even when we did test and produced results within 24 to 48 hours, that was quite a challenge, to be honest with you. Um, Globally at that time, people in and I'm sure people traveled during that time and, and they, they kind of witnessed that test you know result were delivered within seven days, ten days, two weeks, three weeks you know and you know by that time you if you have about, COVID oh, think of the it's damage. All over the place.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we think about uh, you know that our that number and, and just just how dangerous it can be in that period of time. I mean I'm terrible at maths, but that, those are some big numbers in, ter- in terms of infection rates.
0: Uh, absolutely, and and there are two things that are really important. Number one, testing capacity. How many tests can you produce on a daily basis, and then how fast can you you know turn out results as well? That's really very important. Um, and, and and looking back at these days, um, I think the UAE was just a leader from day one in terms of the testing capacity and and how fast you know we can produce results. And um, going through that journey from twenty to twenty you know twenty one right now, and where we are today. There is no question the UAE is is on is the lead in front globally in terms of the testing capacity. We can do hundreds of thousands of tests on a daily basis.
1: And we are. In, reason- you know, 300,000 300, tests a day without any problems or cues. You know, my parents are currently in Dubai and their minds are completely blown that within a five minute radius of my home, I can go to a drive through, I can go to a clinic, I can go to a tent that's been put up in a car park without booking and it's affordable. And then we see these huge testing centres, field hospitals being put up seemingly overnight. It is quite incredible when you take a step back. It 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 really is. You you must be must be proud to be on, you know, as, as part of that, Dr. puzzle.
0: Absolutely. We're very proud for, for the work that the people did behind the scene, you know, our, our technologists, our scientists, um, our physicians, our pathologists. I mean, honestly, they did just amazing to get us to where we are today. Um, we, we we have a lot of things we can do nowadays, you know, to diagnose COVID. I mean, we we can actually give you results within 15 minutes, you know, for, for COVID tests. Uh, testing capacity is second to none. I mean, honestly, the, 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 the UAE government, the regulatory authorities, you know, laboratory staff, they should be really very proud of the accomplishment that took place in the past year.
1: And there's all sorts of, as you say, different tests. We can now buy lateral flow tests in UAE pharmacies, which we should be very clear to say that are not accepted as official, you know, proof, negative or positive when it comes to crossing borders, moving between Abu Dhabi and Dubai, but for at-home use. Um, I think a lot of people are finding them a a good source of of peace of mind. We've also seen dogs detaching uh, COVID at airports. You mentioned their 15 minute turnaround. You know, what, what kind of technology changed or became available, should I say, between 2020 when we look back to kind of March, April last year and where we are now?
0: It's it's exactly what you said. You know, it's the number of new tests that we have um, and we can offer people. Um, You know, obviously we started with PCR and I I think, you know, PCR is still the gold standard to diagnose COVID, there is no question. But definitely we extended that to what we call antigen tests, these lateral flow tests. You can do them at home. Um, you know you have to be careful with that to be honest with you the sensitivity is not as good as pcr i mean that's that's just you know it's it's the nature of the test Uh, but it definitely has its use there's no question about this Um, you know we have um, you know we have um, tests that we can produce in 15 minutes you know that lamp technology um, there are non-lab-based tests as well. And this is what you're seeing as well. There is an evolution of these tests. You know, there, there are really number of good papers coming from, you know, across the globe, from Europe, the US, um, looking at, you know, the interaction between the virus and the ACE inhibitor in our body and looking at the affinity of that, you know, interaction. And then maybe we can diagnose COVID based on that. Mm. A lot of exciting stuff, you know, there's, there's, they're they're not considered the standard of here to be fair for this process, uh, but I'm I'm sure you know with the acceleration and the innovation that we're putting the effort people put into this, we're probably going to see some exciting stuff from in, in the next few months.
1: Before we get to talking about the future when it comes to technology, have you become a bit of a connoisseur of the PCR tests? When you go for a testing, you kind of go, oh, that was a good one, or mm, I think they could have gone, you know, a little bit closer to my brain on that PCR. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, we we, uh, we 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 test. um, You know, our staff um, on weekly basis. You know, we we've all you know underwent through this process. I honestly think it'd be just, it's a routine for us right now. We don't think about it anymore. <laughs> I know. Anymore. Even, it's, even, it's for my, even for my
1: children are like, oh, time for another PCR test. You know, because between traveling in school and, you know, the unfortunate rise in cases we've seen recently, it has just become part and parcel of daily life. I mean, I'd never even heard the term PCR until, you know a year and a half ago and same with you know having zoom meetings you know it's it's become this whole completely new way of living and when you talk about some of the the tests that are available to us now are these new innovations new inventions or have they always been there in in your work and they're just being applied and and opened up to uh to the COVID-19 treatment
0: So definitely most of them, for instance, you know, PCR, it's been there for a while. I mean, this is not a new thing. It's just you apply it for new viruses, you know. Applied for new disorders, the same thing with antigen tests, the same thing with serology tests. It's been there for a while. Um, it's just how you utilize it, you know, for um, a novel, you know, virus like you know COVID nineteen. Um, now, the the, the non laboratory based technologies, um, I would say most of them they've, they've been there for a while. They they just haven't you know taken the shape that we're looking at, you know, and obviously COVID nineteen pandemic just changed how we look at these tests. And this is where you know people are just putting effort just to make it more practical for mm-hmm. people. Because you said you know people are traveling, you go to airport, you know you come to malls, you go to concerts. You really have to produce results at a fast pace, and you want to make it practical for people. You know you you know COVID, as I said, you know in, in my view, COVID is staying for a while. But we have to go back to normal life. You know that's that's the message we're getting globally. And the the, the if we can make it easy for people to get tested, yeah. you know. People will come and will get tested um, and then we can resume our normal life, you know, at a faster pace.
1: Absolutely right. You know, there is that appetite, as you say, for live events, for, you know, group prayer. There's, you know, all sorts of opportunities and occasions that are just part of you know the way we live an enjoyable life so the easier we we can make it the better so are there any technologies that you're looking forward to seeing here in the ua or anything you've seen internationally that would really help um, us that either that's quick turnaround or a case of you know we brush our teeth we we do a swab and off we go to work what, what do you think's in the future dr puzzle
0: we have to keep few secrets. To be honest with you, there's some <laughs> technologies that are proprietary to us. <laughs> Let's, you know, but but definitely we are working on couple, um, and, and we are collaborating with international partners. Uh, maybe I, I I I owe the University of Pennsylvania UPenn Group. You know, just a, a, a big you know shout for them. You know, they they've been. Um, really supportive in this process and we are collaborating with them on a project hopefully we'll have some good results um, very soon, some really exciting stuff for you guys.
1: Well make sure you tell uh, tell us first please Dr. Basil. Um, now I needed to ask you of course about the current testings and some of the new strains new variants we're talking about um, Omicron of course being the, the current buzzword are the current tests available to U.A. population able to detect these new strains?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I would like really to reassure everyone, the test we have right now, they are not only capable of detecting the new variant, including the Omicron. I know everyone's, you know, very concerned about this, but we all, but we can diagnose it at a very high accurate level. Um, you know, there are certain tests, and, and by the way, there are, plenty of commercially available testing kits it's not one unique test to a a particular lab there are plenty of them at a global level and and we have seen incidents in the past um, especially with the beta variant where you know some of these testing kits uh, fail to detect the the beta variant so what we do nowadays in in our labs you know and, and i'm sure other labs as well we evaluate any new variant on a daily basis to make sure that we're not missing them. We evaluate our testing kits. And a lot of this, if there is a problem, happens at a global level. We have a lot of international partners we deal with. Um, If they see something we haven't, they alert us right away and vice versa. Um, We're hyper-connected. We're really at a hyper-connected globe right now. So a a, a problem like this, even if it happens, we are going to be alerted to it right away. And we try to develop a new test to. these new variants at a very fast pace. So again, reassurance for everyone, relax, we can diagnose these new variants.
1: Can I ask you, Dr. Basil, when you look at COVID-19, the various strains under a microscope or whatever you do in, in your lab, do they look different? Would you be able to do almost like a little lineup of that's better, that's Delta, oh, could that be Omicron? You know, is it is it that noticeable to to your expert eye?
0: So, um Dependent on the lab, to be honest with you, and dependent on the test. You know, um, obviously, the standard of care to diagnose these new variants is to do what we call viral sequencing. Um, not a whole lot do it. Uh, we we at you know our lab, we we have the capability of doing that. We don't do it on a routine basis. Um, you know, the, the the UAE government has actually a program in Abu Dhabi as well to just look into these new variants from an epidemiological perspective and, and they can detect if there's any new variant coming to the UAE, um, and that happens on a routine basis. Mm-hmm. But from a diagnostic perspective, uh, that's not a routine practice, you know, unless there is a reason for the clinician to say, can you check for us, is this, for instance, an Omicron variant, is this a beta, is this a delta? We have the capability of doing that.
1: And in terms of future predictions, do you think we can expect uh, other new variants to throw themselves into the COVID cocktail?
0: Um, definitely. I mean, honestly, this is just um, a normal evolution of any viral illness. You know, variants will just keep happening. Um, and, and to be honest with you, the only way to, to stop things like this is to get vaccinated. I'm, I'm, I'm a pro-vaccine guy. This is the reality of things. Um, you know, and, and, and unless we all have this, you know, idea about how important vaccines are and how protective they are, um, it's, it's going to stay for us, you know, for a while. And unfortunately, we're not talking about, you know, just a small country level. We're talking about um, a global level here.
1: Um, are you able to shed any light on the new COVID-19 medication that arrived in the UA into Abu Dhabi yesterday? Because I know nothing about it, and I'm sure you will be on many a WhatsApp group with fellow UAE doctors and other people who have got a bit of an inside track when it comes to COVID-19.
0: They're exciting things. I mean, the protection level that this medication can provide is really helpful. Um, you know, obviously... Um, the whole point of this medication to avoid an ICU visit, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want this. you know, a chronically ill patient to be hospitalized and end up in an ICU. Um, they they reduce the risk significantly. They're very exciting medication. Um, they have to be prescribed by a clinician. So please, if anyone has, you know, COVID-19 or symptoms of COVID-19, contact your physician. They're the best one to provide these advices.
1: And last question, Dr. Basil, if you could wave a magic wand, apart from everyone getting the vaccine, which we hope and we know actually looking at the numbers, vast majority of the European population are on it and uh, are due some boosters, so people add that to your, to your New Year's to-do list. What would you like to see um, when it comes to healthcare of treating and managing COVID-19 as we move into 2022?
0: I mean, to be honest with you, you know, COVID-19 is changing a lot of things from um, a healthcare, you know, um, um, overview and infrastructure. Um, the way that I see it, and, and I think, you know, this is something that we've been doing for the past year. There is a lot of acceleration of digital care right now, you know, digital healthcare, you know, that, that tele, you know, medicine councils, even from a pathology and laboratory perspective, um, you know, telepathology and digital pathology is taken over. Um, you know that that uh, um, um, an adoption of AI, artificial intelligence, and these algorithm and how we triage patients, how we treat patients, becoming very important. Um, and I hope you know you know people, um, institute, um, even governments will invest a lot more in these technologies because I think this is what's just going to make us you know go through. Um, hopefully, we'll never have another pandemic. But even if we do, this is what's going to make us through. You know through these pandemics um, and survive you know as um, as as humans um, you know from these um, you know unfortunate uh, pandemics.
1: Well yes technology plays a role but so do amazing individuals such as you as your team you know you're certainly not going to be replaced by a robot anytime soon Dr. Basil I cannot thank you enough for your time today your expertise your reassurances and encouragements as well I really really appreciate your time thank you so much for joining us from
0: Cleveland Clinic. My pleasure anytime thank you.
1: Stay with us. Next, we're in conversation with Dr Prashant Nasser. He's the head of critical care medicine at NMC Special Hospital and the author of a very relevant recent book.
0: More with Ion Health next. On Dubai Eye, 103.8.